Let's open our hearts now for the uh, message we brought today by Tanya Da Silva. She is our worship pastor, worship leader, and also part of our preaching team. And uh, I ask you to open your hearts to this message. It's a, a very current topic, a topic very important to each one of us. So if you are ready, over to you, Tanya, and may the Lord talk to us, speak to us through this message today. Amen. God bless you as you speak. Good morning, church. I trust that you are all doing well this morning. School starts next week, well, this week. Wednesday. Wednesday. Tuesday. It starts this week. (laughs) Doesn't apply to me. Um, And what's crazy is that that means we're officially in the second half of the year. We've passed over the halfway mark. So I think that this is a good time for us to stop and take a moment to reflect. How has this year been so far? How are things going? How are you doing? How are you doing? Has this year been everything that you hoped it would be? Or has it been a year that you don't want to talk about anymore? Are you ready to face the second half of the year with hope and expectation Or are you feeling uncertain about what may be in store so you're too afraid to look ahead? Each of us has experienced this year differently so far. For some, it's been a great year. For others, it's been the worst one yet. For some, it's been a mix. And for others, it's a neutral year. Not good, not bad, it just is. But I think that I can safely say that for some, this year has been challenging beyond what we expected it to be. It's been painful. It's been trying and tiring. And so we've reached the halfway point, but we feel finished. We look at how much year is still ahead, and we worry that we don't have the strength to face it. We don't know how we're going to manage to get through and do what still needs to be done. And so we may begin to feel despondent. We don't know if we can carry on. Now, perhaps this may not resonate with everyone this morning, but I am sure that there are a few of you here with whom this rings true. You're tired. You're weak. You're uncertain. You feel bound by the burdens and trials that you have experienced this year. So if that is you, then my prayer is that this message is going to remind you that you are not finished yet. You are more than capable of facing the rest of this year with hope, with confidence, and with faith. And for those who may not be feeling tired right now, then may this message encourage you to keep developing your endurance so that when you reach that point, because believe me, we all reach that point at some point in our lives and more than once. So may you be encouraged to develop your endurance so that when you reach that point, you won't give up. Amen? The passage of scripture we're going to be looking at this morning is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are all running a race. And in this race, we will face many obstacles. We have to endure and get through many challenges. So how is your race going? How is the race of your life going? Your relationships, your studies, your work, your well-being, your spiritual growth. How is it going? Are you running well? Running with strength and stamina and endurance? Or are you barely running anymore? Dragging your feet. Maybe you've tapered off and are now sitting on the sideline, trying to decide whether you are just regaining your strength or you want to quit running altogether. We need to be aware of how we are running so that we can make the necessary changes to ensure that we run with endurance, the race that is set before us. I don't want any of us to fall out of the race, to give up, to walk away, to stop. I want us to be persistent. I want us to keep going and run with endurance. Scripture refers to our lives, our journey as believers, as a race, multiple times. And there can be many images that come to mind when you hear the word race. Perhaps the most common is a sprint. But that's not the kind of race that we're running. Our race is not a sprint that requires a short burst of energy and is completed on a smooth piece of ground. So when I think of our race, the image that comes to my mind is that of a trail run. That's the kind of run that takes place outdoors in nature, usually on mountainous terrain, on an unpaved path. It's bumpy, it's rocky, it has some steep inclines, some steep declines. The ground is constantly changing, it's challenging, it's rough, and it requires endurance. That kind of race paints a better picture for us about what our race in life is like. It's not easy. There might be moments of ease, but it has moments of challenge. There's moments of flat ground and moments of rough ground. There's moments of an even and dangerous ground. It has highs and lows, and the ground we are running on is always changing. So in order to get through this crazy race, we need endurance. And endurance means that we have the ability to endure unpleasant and difficult situations without giving up. It means we have the capacity to last or to withstand the wear and tear. It means we have stamina. Who would like to have some endurance this morning? The good news for us is that Hebrews tells us how. It doesn't just tell us to run our race well, but it also gives us the key in how we can do that. So my hope this morning is that each of us are going to take hold of what we need to have endurance, that we will get up and that we will do what we have to do so that we can keep going. So let's just read that passage again. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The first word in this passage should clue us into the fact that what follows is referring to something that was before. It doesn't stand alone, which means we keep scripture in context. We don't read these two verses in isolation. Therefore means that it's therefore something. It's referring back. So if we go back to chapter 10, we see that it talks about Christ's sacrifice for us. The salvation that we have been given through his sacrifice. It talks about the confidence and the assurance that we have in him because of our salvation. And because of what Christ has done for us, we can have hope and faith to keep going and to keep persevering. Towards the end of chapter 10, there's mention of the persecution and the suffering that the Christians have experienced. And it ends off by encouraging them to persevere so that they can receive what was promised once they have done the will of God, reminding them that the righteous live by faith and don't shrink back. That means that when they face persecution, when they face challenges, when they face death, their faith was strong within them and they did not shrink back. Let us be people that do not shrink back. And then chapter 11 begins with this well-known verse. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it ends off, chapter 10 ends off by saying the righteous live by faith. Chapter 11 starts off by saying faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse two says, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. We know chapter 11 as the chapter of faith, the great hall of fame. It tells us what faith is, what faith does, what faith gives us, and that it is by faith that those who came before us were able to persevere and complete their race. So the common theme in these chapters is faith. Faith is what sustained them. Faith is what will sustain us. It is how we please God. It is the substance of our hope. And it is faith that will keep us going. But I want to point something out as well, something that is common in these chapters and something that I think sometimes we tend to overlook because we don't want to hear it. Those who remained faithful, who ran with endurance, who persevered, did not see the promise in this life. They did not receive the breakthroughs they were hoping for. Chapter 11, verse 39 says, these were all commended for their faith. The great lists, the, the, the heroes of faith, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. That's what you want to hear, right? They were commended. They received a good testimony through faith, but they did not receive the promise in this life. And I mention this because I don't want us to live under this delusion that faith means you get everything you want. That if we have faith, if we have enough faith, all our prayers will be answered and all our problems will go away. If that's the message you're sold, it's a lie. It's nice to believe, 
because that means we get what we want. But that's not truth. So the question I want us to ask ourselves is, will I persevere even if I don't get what I want, how I want it? Will I endure if the trial doesn't change? Will I remain faithful if the promise doesn't come? Because that is the true test of faith. That is the evidence of enduring faith. That is running with endurance. To be faithful even if things don't get better. See, we don't only run with faith when things are going our way. We run with faith in the good times. And through faith, we endure the tough times. So knowing the background of these chapters, knowing that faith is the key, knowing that we are going to face challenges and uncomfortable situations, knowing that things will not always go the way we hope, we get to chapter 12 and we understand that therefore, you and I, since we, are, since we have these examples to look up to, we also need to put aside the things that weigh us down. We need to let go of what holds us back. We need to turn away from sin and not be trapped by it so that we can run our race with endurance and run unhindered. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the ultimate example of faith, the one who paid the greatest price, endured the worst, yet he persevered because he knew what was on the other side. He saw the finish line, so he endured, he finished, and he claimed his prize. Therefore, you and I should do the same. Joyfully endure, persevere, keep going in faith, through faith, by faith, like those who did so before us. We must do the same. Whatever hardship you are facing, however tired you are feeling, your race isn't finished yet. Take a deep breath in. Your race isn't finished. As long as you can keep taking in that air, you keep running, you keep going. Your race isn't finished yet. You might be tired. You might have to drag your feet for a little bit before you regain your strength. You might have to take a moment to just stop and regain your breath. But as long as there is breath in your lungs and a beat in your heart, you keep going. You're not done. The trials can come but you keep going. We can be encouraged by what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our inner strength in the Lord is growing every day. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever and ever. So we do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys in heaven which we have not yet seen. 
The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. We don't look at the troubles that we are facing. Because if we remain focused on our external circumstances, we will lose heart. If that is where our focus is, we will want to give up. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, then we are looking towards that which is not seen. We are looking towards that which is eternal, the joys in heaven. That's what keeps us going because we understand that the struggle we face today, no matter how big, no matter how challenging, it is only temporary when we compare it to the joy that we will have in heaven, which will last forever. This short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings forever and ever. We can keep going. We can run with endurance through faith, by faith. So how do we apply that? How do we, how do we live by faith and run with endurance? Because it's easy to say, right? Have faith. Live by faith. But how do we put that into practice? Again, our two verses hold the answer. There's practical application in those two verses. So we're going to look at that. And I hope that you won't just hear these practical applications, but you're going to actually do them. Don't just hear it. Apply it. Do it so that you can live by faith and you can endure. The first practical step, have role models. Have people to look up to. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses, the people that have gone before us. The people who lived out their faith, who endured through faith. We learn from those who went before. We find motivation and inspiration. Because through their testimony, we can see that it can be done. And it will be done. So when we have people to look up to, we are inspired to keep going. When we find someone to look up to and admire, we are challenged and encouraged by their story. And in our journey of faith, we need to be challenged and encouraged to keep growing. And having someone to look up to gives us that push. Now, we're not limited to the heroes of faith in chapter 11. There are many examples of people who lived by faith throughout scripture, throughout history, and even today. A good example is Madalena. She spoke to us last week. We heard a bit of her story. We heard how she has faced challenges. We heard how she made sacrifices, how some dreams are left on hold. But she keeps going. She perseveres. I'm pretty sure that more than once along her journey, she was tempted to give up or at least was given the opportunity to say, you know what, I can't do this anymore. But she persevered. She is someone to look up to. Her story should spur us on in our faith to say, I can keep going too. So we need people to look up to. To ask yourself, who do you look up to? Whose faith inspires you? When you feel ready to give up, 
Who can you look up to and be encouraged by? Now, these aren't people that we idolize. They don't take God's place. But they are people that motivate us, who encourage us, who inspire us, who remind us that we can do it too. The second step is to make the necessary changes, to lay aside every weight. It says, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race set before us. Lay aside. That's an action. And that is an action that only you can take. I cannot lay aside your weight for you. I can only lay aside my own. I cannot walk away from your sins for you. I can only walk away from mine. So that means that laying aside, it's your responsibility to do something. Let go of the unnecessary weight and burdens. Leave behind the stuff that is holding you back. We all have stuff that is holding us back. For some, it's bigger than others. But we all have something. And maybe the Lord is putting it in your heart right now what it is. Lay it aside. Using our analogy of the race, when athletes are in training, they have to make sacrifices. They have to let go of certain comforts and habits that are not beneficial to their training. They have to let go of things that could hinder their growth. So they have to make necessary changes to ensure that they develop the strength and the endurance that they need for their race, for their competition. Is it easy? No. Is it comfortable? No. But it's necessary. See, the things that tend to weigh us down and hinder our growth, they are usually temporary pleasures and comforts. In the moment when we're doing those things, it feels like it's helping us. But in the long run, it's trapping us. And it is often when we are going through a rough patch, it is often when we are facing challenges that we turn to those things. So let me ask you, when you face a challenge, are you running towards distraction or towards intimacy? Do you run towards your comforts, your bad habits, the sins that are constantly tempting you? Or do you run towards Christ, towards deeper intimacy with him? knowing that the only comfort you'll find is in his presence. The strength that you'll find is in his presence. It's time for us to take action and lay aside the weight. It's time for us to turn our backs on the sins that entangle us, to stop doing what you know you should not be doing. And making these changes will not be easy, but it is for our benefit. So stop running to comfort. There's no growth in the comfort zone. We know that. We know it, yet we keep doing it. So lay aside what is weighing you down. Thirdly, keep your eyes forward. Look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Any good athlete will tell you that when they are in their race, they keep their eyes forward. It is not beneficial to you when you look around, distracted by 
the fans in the stands or your fellow competitors. Looking around distracts you, it slows you down. You look forward. And so in this race, we look forward. We don't look at the things that distract us. We look forward unto Jesus. Because again, what you're looking at is going to determine the direction you're running in. So it's not good enough to just look forward. Look forward at Jesus. So look at what you're looking at. Is it taking you where you need to go? Don't look at the wrong thing. Keep your eyes in the direction you want to go. And when we are looking at Jesus, when we are running and we're looking at him, what we are saying is, you are what's most important. We're looking at him for help, for support, for strength. And we're keeping him the main focus of our race. We understand that it is all about him. And by keeping our eyes fixed on him, we remain focused on the joy that is waiting for us at the finish line. And that joy that is waiting for us at the finish line is what gives us strength to do our fourth point, which is persevere. Because the joy ahead is worth the cost right now. Our verse ends saying, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew the pain and suffering that he had to endure. Yet he endured it anyway. Why? Because he knew what was on the other side. His eyes were not focused on the current situation, on the pain, on the cross. He saw beyond. And we have our own cross to bear. We have our own struggles. But we can endure them and persevere through them because of the joy that is waiting for us on the other side. Again, looking at athletes when they are training, they experience some intense times of, of training. They put their bodies under a lot of stress. But they know that that leads to growth. When their trainer gives them this difficult workout, they don't ask why. Why me? Why are you putting me through this? They understand that they need to go through that physical stress to make their bodies stronger, to build up their endurance. So let me challenge you this morning that when you face a challenging time, don't ask God why. That's our tendency. Why? Why me? Why now? Why like this? Why am I going through this? God, why are you doing this to me? God is not doing it to you. Let's not mix that up. God doesn't do bad things to you. He might allow certain things to happen, but he's not doing it. And when we face those challenges, don't question him why. I want us to ask two different questions. How and what? And there's sub-questions to these. How? How are you going to help me through this? How will I be stronger on the other side of this? 
And then what? What do you need me to do? See, we're very quick to come to God in prayer and ask. It's easy to ask. But sometimes God requires us to do something. And that's where we shrink back. So when you're facing a challenge, say, God, what do you need me to do? And then what can I learn from this? Because every challenge we face is an opportunity to grow and to learn. Doesn't matter how much it sucks, there is something to learn from it. So don't waste a challenge. Don't waste a trial. Don't blame God for your trial. Lean in. How are you going to help me through this, Lord? How will I be stronger because of this? What do you need me to do? And what can I learn from this? If we use our trials as an opportunity to grow, then we will build up our perseverance. So let's endure. Let's keep going. These four simple steps, these four simple practical applications, they can be, make the difference in our lives, in our race. So let's work on it. Looking up to those who have gone before us, remaining inspired by people of enduring faith and working on strengthening our own. Let's make the necessary changes so that we let go of the things that are holding us back, that are entangling us. Let's keep our eyes forward on Jesus and let's persevere in the face of trials. And whatever still lies ahead on this race, good or bad, through the endurance of our faith, we will find the strength to keep going. Amen? I pray that, like Paul, when we get to the end of our race, to the end of our life, we can say like he did in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Let's be people of faith who keep going. Let's run our race and run it well. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. We're going to have communion now. And I want us to keep that in mind. He kept going. He did it. We can too. We can keep going. And it's not impossible just because he was, or he is the son of God that he has some strength that we don't have because he is giving us his strength. So keep going. Whatever this year still has in store for you, may you face it with endurance, with courage, with strength, and with faith. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Amen. Praise God. Were you blessed? Come on, let's give God glory for that word. And... Um, I think it's very relevant to all of us. Amen.
because in one way or the other, we've been facing challenges and we will face challenges. So please keep these points in mind. This is such a current theme. It's probably something we'll have to come back to again and speak more about. You're going to take part in communion now, so I'm going to ask Ashley to please uh, distribute the communion seats. Everybody is welcome, okay? If you're visiting us here today, you're welcome to take part as long as you, you guys can start, please. Go ahead and start uh, distributing. Um, uh, you know, you, you, as long as you believe in Jesus, uh, you are welcome. He invites us to the table. Uh, children are also welcome to take, so parents are welcome to take for your kids as well. Uh, we believe this is part of, of teaching our children as well. I've got one here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I've got one today. And, um, and so let us get ready to, to remember what the Lord Jesus did for us and uh, through that cross. And again, coming back to that verse. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So Jesus knew he was going to suffer. Jesus knew he was going to have a hard time. He was going to die. He's going to take upon himself your sins and my sins. It is something which is difficult for us to understand with our peanut little brains. One day we'll have better clarity on that. But imagine you taking upon yourself the guilt of others and suffering for the guilt of others when you are innocent. And that's what Jesus did for us. But it says, for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. He knew that that suffering was going to result in joy on the other side. And guys, through our faith in Jesus, we might face difficult times on this earth. We will face challenges. Our faith will be tested. But if we hold on to our faith, there is joy on the other side. Some of that joy we'll experience in this life. But the fullness of that joy we'll experience in the Lord's presence. And when Jesus returns and we rule and reign with him. So there is joy ahead. And so today, as we take part in communion, let us remember that. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembering what he did. And so in this moment, and he said, you do this until he returns. And so it is an act of memorial, remembering what he did. It's a prophetic act as well because it says, I'm not going to have this with you again until I drink it with you in my kingdom. So he has promised to return. There's going to be a reunion. We never know when it's going to be the last time we do this here in Pretoria or wherever you are in the world. Because one of these Sundays is going to be our last communion service. Because then Jesus is going to return. And the next one will be in his presence. How glorious will that be? So, and as we go home, think of those points. Think of your life. It is so easy, for, even for Christians, when they face a challenge, it is so easy to move into that comfort zone, to give up, to stop. You know, you don't pray anymore, you don't worship, you don't read your Bible, you don't go to church, you just want to curl up in a corner and die kind of thing, you know. Uh, that's the wrong thing to do. Don't go into that comfort zone. Remain faithful. Remain doing the things that you know are right. Continue worshiping God. Continue being faithful. Gather people around you, brothers and sisters. Pray. Fellowship. Amen. And have communion. Those at home, I trust you have your bread and your juice ready. Those of you listening as well. Has everybody been served? Okay. 
then let us stand and with this little set of here, there's a top flap, just open it and get the little wafer out. Parents, help your children if they need help, and let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this bread which reminds us of your broken body. Thank you for suffering for us, Lord Jesus. You took upon your body our sicknesses, our diseases, the, the, the result of all our sins, our guilt. And we thank you for that, Lord. So that's because of your broken body. We today who are many and who believe you could be one body, one church, one people. Even though we may gather in different congregations throughout the city, throughout the nation, throughout the world, we are one people in Christ, one body in Christ. And so, Lord Jesus, today we remember that and we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Take and eat and be blessed as you do. Now let's carefully open the bottom part, the juice part. And this, of course, is for parents. This is juice, so it's safe for the kids, okay? <laughs> and uh, it reminds us, it's a reminder of the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you that you poured your blood out for us. And your blood wasn't poured out just to to cover our sins momentarily. No. Your blood was poured out to completely eliminate the guilt of our sins. You paid the full price of our sins, Lord, so that as we put our faith in you, we can stand clean before the Father. And the Father can look at us and see us as the Father sees you, Lord Jesus guiltless and sinless and we owe it to you lord jesus and we thank you for your blood and we thank you for your sacrifice and we thank you that today we are children of god not because of what we've done but because of what you've done and we just receive it and we put our faith in you and we say thank you jesus and so lord because of what you've done because of what you have endured we pray for strength, Lord God, that in our lives here on this earth, give us the strength to continue to endure in spite of disappointments, in spite of challenges, in spite of hurt and of pain. Lord, we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. And as you endured by faith in you and by the strength that you give us through your precious Holy Spirit, we will endure too. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We remember today what you've done for us. Amen. Amen. Take and drink. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the bread and for the cup and for your precious sacrifice. We thank you for this time together, Lord. Let your word take root in our hearts. And may we go forth this week with hope, and with a sense of perseverance, with your strength. And so now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us as we endure in this race to the glory of God. Amen and amen.
Thanks everyone for coming, for being here. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And see you next Sunday, Youth Friday, Kids Church next Sunday, and men in two Fridays time. Amen. God bless you.